Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Some exciting news developing this week in regards to Penn State football and the Big Ten overall. It was just yesterday that we heard the announcement regarding the 2024 and 2025 scheduling for the Big Ten football conference, as well as a little piece of news in regards to NIL for Penn State altogether with the creation of Happy Valley United. So first off, we're going to touch on what's going on with the Big Ten scheduling situation. Justin, I know you had a chance to look at this yesterday. So for those that have not gotten to hear the entire breakdown of this, coming up in 2024, there will be no more divisions within the Big Ten. That is a very important factor in all this. This is uh, putting together a nine-game conference schedule starting in 2024 for the Big Ten. And then also there's a variety of different things in regards to uh, two play opponents and protected opponents, a.k.a. rivalry games. Uh, according to the Big Ten football press release, under the new Flex Protect Plus scheduling model, which sounds like something you'd get at AT&T, uh, schools have two play opponents, which means they will be played both home and away in 2024 and 2025. And then there are also protected opponents that will be played annually beyond the 2025 season. Those protected opponents, for instance, Michigan has two of them in Ohio State and Michigan State. Penn State is the only team in the Big Ten that does not have one protected opponent. Now, that means that you're not going to see the days, unfortunately, anymore where Penn State gets to play Ohio State and Michigan in back-to-back games or within the same season. That is probably not going to exist very often, if at all. Um, the model that they put together in regards to this nine-game schedule is that you're either going to have five home games or five road games. It just depends on how it shakes out. And then on top of that, the idea is that every Big Ten team will play each other at least once within a four-year period. So if you actually choose to play the entirety of four seasons in college, you will see all these teams. You will visit all these stadiums. Uh, in 2024, Penn State's schedule uh, shakes out like this. Their home games within the Big Ten are going to be Michigan State, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, and USC. Their away games in 2024 are Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. Jumping to 2025, Penn State has four home games and five road games within the Big Ten. Their four home games are Illinois, Minnesota, Rutgers, and UCLA. Remember USC and UCLA being added to the Big Ten uh, in 2024 officially. The road games in 2025 within the Big Ten for Penn State include Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, and USC. That is robust. Uh, Justin, what was your initial reaction to this news? Great time to trademark uh, Penn State Unrivaled, right? Like, so when the school took over that name, it just, it, it resonates. I mean, and I think it resonates with the rest of the Big Ten where it depends on when the year is. I mean, whoever the top team is, if that's Penn State or whoever it might be, like, we're always into that in that hunt. So, I mean, I like the way that it kind of sh- shakes out. And I like the the mission of the new scheduling system where it's being able to see and play all the Big Ten opponents and visit those uh, teams. Does it bother you that Penn State does not have a protected opponent and or you know, rival? Uh, I don't know if it's the player's mentality or just the operational, like the operational, uh, professional operations um, background, but it doesn't really matter too much to me. I think I like it from the standpoint of a, a, from a branding perspective, right, where it's just, no, we don't have a true rival anywhere. 
right? Like we are True. our own situation at, in Happy Valley and we approach it the way we do. Uh, for the record, the two play opponents for Penn State uh, for 2024 and 2025 will be Michigan State, Rutgers, and USC. So based on that outline I just gave you, obviously, uh, you will play home and away games against both uh, all three of those teams within the next two years. So uh, the big win, I think, in this for Penn State is that you're getting USC in back-to-back seasons right out of the gate. And I think the natural thing that's going to come up here is that you've eliminated divisions, and it's something that's been talked about within the Big Ten for a long time, is that uh, the Big Ten East versus the Big Ten West or you know, uh, leaders and legends and whatever the hell it was named at one point. Basically, the conference that in, had Michigan, uh, Ohio State, and Penn State and Michigan State was very, very top-heavy, and then it was just kind of a crapshoot as to who won the Big Ten West. And then that team often that came out of the Big Ten West laid an egg in the Big Ten title game against a Michigan, an Ohio State, or a Penn State. Penn State got a great game against Wisconsin in 2016, so I'm not calling it that. But the challenge for me now, Justin, is that you run the risk of the most important game in college football's regular season. And I know Penn State fans won't want to hear this is Ohio State versus Michigan being played as the last game of the year. There's a very strong possibility if they continue trending in their winning ways that you see that game repeated in back-to-back weeks. And there's the chance that you see that game mean nothing in the regular season, but mean everything in the Big Ten title game. Now, this is not uncommon. This is something that's happened in the SEC, but nothing to the gravity of the game, Michigan and Ohio State. So it does beg the question, does that game need to be rescheduled once we get around to 2024, 2025 and not occur in the last week of the season, which sounds sacrilege to a lot of college football fans? I think you hit it on a point, hit it on the head when you said that it's already happened in the SEC. Like that's historically has been the case. If, the, if both teams, whether it's Auburn and Alabama, finish out at the top of their schedules or LSU, so maybe a week or so apart and playing against each other in the SEC championship game. So I don't personally – I, I don't have any emotional tie to that or the game meaning anything because I think whenever Michigan Ohio State plays at the end of the season, regardless of what's up um, in that last part, uh, the last championship, I think they're still going to be it's still going to be a great game, and especially with the expansion of the playoffs, I think that changes that, that the dynamic of those later games um, in the season. So it should be interesting. I mean, I I'm being patient to see how it plays out, but I'm I, I like the setup. Yeah, the good news is we have like a year and a half until this actually happens. So I imagine there will be some things that get figured out. But especially, you know, we talk about the primetime games that Penn State's getting here in 2023. And a lot of it is up to the television network, especially Fox, which is going to control Big Ten uh, media rights for quite some time. They want uh, Ohio State versus Michigan to be played at noon as a part of big noon kickoff. So uh, do you do that in back-to-back weeks? Because then you run the risk of hey, let's say both Michigan and Ohio State have locked up the ability to play in the Big Ten title game before they even play each other in the regular season. Do you sit starters for what is considered the most important regular season game in college football? I think that's a really, really interesting prospect. And then another aspect of this is that there are certain teams that do not draw Ohio State or Michigan in a given season. Now, is Penn State still a huge threat? Absolutely. Is USC still a huge threat? Absolutely. But still, say you get a relatively easier schedule within the Big Ten and you avoid the Giants and you come out undefeated, 
do you then qualify for the Big Ten title game and then leapfrog uh, you know, an Ohio State or Michigan that maybe has one loss on their schedule and that one loss might be from Ohio State, Michigan, or it might be Penn State versus USC is the defining game. And the loser of that game, although they should be worthy of something greater than what they're getting, is ultimately kicked out of the Big Ten title game because another team within the Big Ten played a cupcake Big Ten schedule. And I, I don't want to say cupcake, but there are some teams in here that it's like you weren't you weren't challenged. You weren't really challenged at an elite level. That That's a concern for me. True. I think we have to go back to the structural aspect of the Big Ten championship with the expansion of the college playoffs. How much weight does that game even matter? Right. When you then talk about the big game between the rivalry, like how much does the Big Ten championship game really matter if there's 16 teams that can play in the playoffs? So we're not really sure how, how that all how the criteria is going to shake out for teams getting in there. So, I mean, that can be beneficial for both teams. That it's like a chance for a team that maybe not play the juggernauts and get through and get a chance to play in the championship and prove themselves and get there, vice versa, versus a good team showing that it's a, it's worthy to be in the playoffs and maybe more teams from the Big Ten get a chance to showcase on the national stage to get into the playoffs where we have the situations where it's like combining and having a, a power division where it's like, Oh, six teams from the big 10 and eight teams from the sec and one team, yeah, whatever that might look like in the future. Right. I think the, the reconfiguration of the playoffs adds a trickle effect. And I think that's what we're going to see here, especially with the scheduling. I think the really exciting thing for 2024, 2025 for Penn state football fans, uh, you've seen how the schedule is going to break down. It's going to be difficult in uh, in 2025. That road schedule is challenging. However, the two most important games in the Big Ten over the next two seasons, 2024 and 2025, that is, are obviously Michigan and Ohio State and then Penn State versus USC. Those are some colossal matchups. If you're able to capitalize on that, you set yourself up very, very well for the remainder of the season. So that way, if the situations come that you really don't get to play the other giants within the schedule, you're at least getting a big time credible victory that you can add to your resume if you win it. So there's a, there's a lot of positives here. There's uh, I, I come back to Justin. I, I'm not even the biggest fan of the big 10 title game itself, but you know, the television networks are not going to want to play less games. They're want to get more airtime. So I don't see that going away, especially with the lack of divisions. I could, I could be comfortable with being like, hey, this team had the best regular seasons at a regular season record with the overall or in the Big Ten and they're the Big Ten champion. I think there's plenty of people that might be content with that. Uh, but at the same time, I hope they figure out something here with Michigan and Ohio State because as much as I know Penn State fans don't want to hear it, that that's a defining game. It is the most defining game in the Big Ten and arguably in all college football's regular season. So uh, there's some positives here for Penn State. It's just – you got to see what this team is going to look like. But if anything, Justin, I, I feel very positively about how Penn State as a team from a personnel standpoint is positioned to capitalize on this come 2024 because of that young nucleus that they have. What do you think? I completely agree. And to the point that you're saying, I think it's a great recruiting tool, right, to be able to play on a national schedule. I mean, the eyes on the Big Ten, the way that the college football is shaping out, it puts us at the center of it, right, where everything's kind of – give an opportunity to capitalize on the personnel and what's going on um, in state college. I mean, especially, I mean, with 
the combining of the collectives happening. And it's like all these things going along and having that primary property in state college when you're talking about, you know, a national schedule, uh, primetime games at the top of the year, and just a lot of expectations around the program. I think it's a, it's a great thing. Great things happening. Now you've got your ear to the ground, all things NIL, and you just brought it up. Uh, some news broke this week as well in regards to the creation of Happy Valley United. For those that don't know, can you walk us through exactly what happened here? Because you've been aware of this for a little while. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the, if they're, just for context, there's been two collectives um, operating at Penn State, and we all know that just to have a combined effort and everybody mowing the boat at the same way, I think that made sense to come together. And I think the effort was put forth by the new AD and Pat Graff and combining the two collectives, whereas football line legacy and success with honor, which was over all the rest of the sport, all the, you know, the rest of the sports were 31 all varsity sports um, combined. So now having a a combined effort to say raise funds or push the NIL efforts for Penn State athletes across the board. So I think it makes logical sense and now I can start rolling. Now that uh, those collectives are united, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> what do you think is the first order of business for this group, considering, like I said, you you know the players involved. Um, how do they get on the same page? Because it did seem for a little while success with Honor and Lions Legacy Club not exactly on the same page. Well, I mean, I think to get on the same page, I, mean, I think they're bringing in different leaderships uh, until – all that sorted out and like the vision of how you um, how you serve all the sports underneath the Penn State umbrella and as well give proper attention to the football team, which requires, you know, a lot of attention when it comes to the different players and branding and promotion and just everything that comes along with NIL in, in this space. So just having a combined effort, and I guess, mending whatever was split prior. So I think that's the main thing is getting on the same page about where the mission and what we're trying to build. This timing all feels very, very good for Penn State. Even James Franklin had a press conference yesterday and he was talking about how he feels that this team has never had more depth in his entire tenure at Penn State. That is a fantastic thing to hear. A lot of guys getting healthy at the right time. We're going to be ready to go for training camp, going to be ready to go for the West Virginia game to kick off the season. Uh, it sounds like the the maturation of Drew Aller has been very, very positive, even though, you know, we're not going to hear who that starting quarterback is until week one. I guarantee it. Uh, it's still uh, an ongoing competition, of course, according to James Franklin. But th- there's just this. I think there's a lot of positives to take away from this news uh, this week. And I think the eliminating the divisions within the Big Ten, I am a very big fan of. I am very curious to see what they do in terms of when certain games take place, as we just mentioned, because I think that's going to be critical to make postseason play matter, whether it's in the Big Ten title game or even, say, the college football playoff. I think that's something to consider. Again, that goes to 12 teams in 2024. It's only going to be four teams in 2023. So, so much change upcoming for Penn State once 2024 rolls around, USC and UCLA arrive. Do you think this announcement and this kind of roadmap puts even more pressure or just even more of an onus on what can or what needs to be accomplished by this team in 2023. I don't know if I can say all, I mean, string all those things together. I mean, (laughs) I think it's, I I think the 2023 is 
the season that I kind of pay attention to, right? Like when Coach Franklin says, have a one and no mentality. I mean, I'm thinking about the first couple games. So like even thinking about the implications of everything else, it's hard to say until the season starts this year and these guys get out there and start rolling and seeing, you know, football's 100% injury rate, seeing how things shake out. Because when we talk about depth and things coming to fruition, got to see how things play out. Yeah. Macro versus micro. I'm very excited (laughs) to see how this plays out. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, Very curious to hear what you guys think of the scheduling announcements. Uh, Get involved in the comments section. Let us know what you guys think, uh, because there's a lot of change coming for Penn State football in 2024. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.